Why are all the YouTubers out there talking about a massive stock market crash? Stock market crash, stock market crash, stock market crash. If you guys watch YouTube like I do, the past couple of weeks have been bombarded with videos, titles, uh, anything covering the topic of a stock market crash. And today I wanted to do another one of these just rant videos, off the cuff, no cuts. Well, there may be some cuts, but I wanna just speak my mind. I actually was really hesitant about this. I don't wanna uh, cause any trouble, stir anything up, but at the same time, I'm pretty fed up with seeing all of these titles regarding a stock market crash. I don't know really what they're looking at because I just took a look right before filming this video. This is a chart of the Dow Jones on a five-year number. This is what the S&P 500 is looking like on a five-year number. If we zoom in a little bit, I don't wanna be cherry picking data here, but this is a one-year number of the S&P 500. Where is this stock market crash? Like, is my are my eyes deceiving me at this point? I don't really see much of a market crash. Now, of course, if we do wanna look at certain indexes like the Russell, which is essentially a index of smaller cap companies, if we look at the NASDAQ, yeah, as of today, it's down about six, 7%. So yeah, we're bordering on correction territory, but where is this market crash that all these YouTubers are talking about? I think I know the answer, and it's probably not what they want to hear. It's probably not what you want to hear about your favorite YouTuber, but here it is. Maybe the market's not crashing. Maybe it's just their crappy high growth stocks that they bought without a care for, uh, without caring for the valuation. They bought purely off speculation, purely off hype, purely off excitement. Yeah, your NEO shares are down 50%. Yeah, you're down on Palantir. Yeah, your Tesla stock is down. We're gonna to touch on all these uh, companies in a second, so don't hate if you're a Tesla lover. But the stock market isn't crashing. Maybe the stocks that you own in your portfolio are down heavy because you just went out and bought a bunch of hype stocks that are covered and floating around YouTube. And I'd like to think that the creators behind the scenes, the other YouTubers, they know this. When someone titles the stock market is crashing and this is what you should do or this is what you shouldn't do and really the markets haven't done much at all, to me, there's really two reasons why somebody does this. Option number one is because A, they're doing it for clickbait, they're doing it for the clicks and the views because the reality is videos that do reference stock market crashes, they do get the views. That's a simple matter of fact, so that's option A. Option B, why people are doing this, which I think is even the bigger problem, is they probably realistically think that we are in a stock market crash because all they watch and all they own and all they look at are the hype exciting stocks in portfolio. I don't really know which one's worse about that. You see this in the comment sections over and over again. The worst thing about a stock market crash, you're really realizing you're out of cash, no disrespect to this guy. Um, but what market crash are we talking about here? It's, uh, it's a tricky one. In fact, just to give you guys a little bit of perspective, here is the NASDAQ, and I've highlighted basically the drop that we saw. Again, this is in the 6% six, 6 range. I guess when I took this clip, it looked like 5 6%. Now what you're looking at is the NASDAQ. During the period of 1999 to 2001, 2002, this is a stock market crash. I can't be the only one that's not seeing the resemblance here, but hey, it is what it is, I guess. And we talked about this in a previous video. I'll see if I can link it up for you guys, but we talked about the YouTube hype stock theory. We, we, we coined that theory. We're gonna make it famous that the stocks that are covered on YouTube that are uh, hyped up and that are exciting and you see them on Reddit, you see them on the forums, those are typically not the stocks that you wanna look for if you are a long-term investor. Now, 
the stocks, the thing about that theory and why it is uh, very tricky for investors and creators alike is that for a short period of time and for the uh, over the short term, these stocks do very, very well. That's why they're exciting. That's why they're in the news. But for a sustainable long-term strategy, this doesn't work. And I was trying to dig up some of the examples uh, in the comments that I used to get. I date back a year or so now, over the past year, stocks like Zoom, we all remember how many comments and uh, requests we got for Zoom stock. Well, I'll pop, up a sc- I'll pop up on the screen there, a little chart of the performance there for you. Neo stock was another one. We've talked heavily about the electric vehicle space and Neo as of today, I think is down 45, 50%. Obviously Tesla, we're all quite familiar with. This one's come down off highs 30%. ARK Invest, do you know how many questions I got to cover ARK Invest when it was roaring, when there was no down uh, downturn in sight? It was the hottest stock, and if you were uh, buying at those peaks, you'd likely be down on your position. Peloton, Lucid Motors, CCIV, very good food company. It's insane how correlated this is when you see stocks that are hyped and covered on YouTube, especially by a bunch of smaller channels and then how they end up uh, resulting for investors down the road. I mean, Very Good Foods, a really interesting one because this one has already been proven. I saw a video from Sven Carlin, uh, who we got to shout out Sven Carlin, one of the better YouTube channels out there. This is a stock that has already been proven that they've already reached out to a number of YouTubers, probably some that you watch and love that have been paid to promote this stock. And I guess that's just the way things are heading, unfortunately. People are in it for the money, they're in it for the, the money grab, and it's not so much about actual good financial education, but that's just the way it is. But anyways, what I wanted to talk about in this video was to really set some expectations. I don't want to always be bearish because I'm not, but I just want to be realistic for you guys. If you're considering this a stock market crash and your portfolio is down 30, 40, 50% because you're invested in some of the, the higher growth names, can you imagine what those stocks would be like if we actually saw a market crash. Again, I'll put a picture up of the S&P 500 for you. I'll put a picture up on the screen of the NASDAQ, which isn't isn't even in correction territory. What if the sentiment flipped in the stock market for whatever reason, and in general, the stock market is no longer how it has been over the past decade, where where stocks are good, uh, bullish, let's go, go, go. What happens when that does flip? What do you think is going to happen to your uh, high growth stocks, your speculative companies. This to me is a little sneak peek and hopefully a wake up call for a lot of people now that it's actually kind of started to turn that this could just be the start of something new. And I, I don't want to go ahead and bash all of the companies that we that I've listed in the video so far because, hey, some of them may be good companies. But for the most part, when you see a stock that runs up 200, 300, 400% within a matter of months or years, that should be a sign to be careful, to be wary, rather than to go in and chase those gains, especially when you have a company that's not making any money. They're all trading off of expectations and uh, delivering uh, on these promises. It's just, it's a tough one. In fact, I want to share with you guys, I haven't really bought any stocks during this quote unquote market crash. We have seen a lot of volatility. I'll give you guys that. But just as an insight into my personal investing practice, what I've been doing, I've barely invested uh, anything over this past little while because good quality companies that I look for, companies that I want to own, have not come down to valuations that I think are even uh even exciting at all. I had the odd pick. I got some Lockheed Martin, FYI. I think I already mentioned that. I did pick up some Tencent to kind of uh, just start nibbling down on that, even though I'd love to see that come down even even more. But just because 
you know, Neo stock is down 50%. That does not mean that stock is 50% on sale. We talk about this time and time again, and that's such a that's such a poor mindset. It's such a wrong mindset to look at um, just because a stock is down that it's uh, automatically a deal. Just FYI, I haven't really bought much at all. My cash position, as I touched on, I did another video, which I'll link above, just talking about my plan, how to invest in this overvalued market. It was to build up cash. I still hold a very, very high cash position for that exact reason. I wanted to quickly talk about an example of, to really dial this in. And I will shout out another, a friend of the channel, a channel that I do like and support is uh, named Hamish over in New Zealand or Australia or somewhere. I believe he gave the example one time of Microsoft. And Microsoft today, we all know is this big, powerful company. But if we do look back at its history, we can learn a lot from the rise and fall of this company during the 2000s and really the decade that follows. Because as we've mentioned before, this company, after dropping after the tech wreck, it took about 17 years for this company to uh, break its previous highs. Now, again, the, the tech bubble was one of the largest bubbles we've ever seen. And that's not to say the market is in a bubble even close to that. Even areas like electric vehicles. Uh, hey, I'm not here to say that. This is just a very, very extreme example. But what I wanted to look at is if you dig beneath the surface and actually bring up a chart of Microsoft's earnings over that exact period. And I don't have the chart in front of me, but I will find it and I'll put it up on the screen for you guys. I know I've seen it before, so I'll have to dig it up. But during this period, it's not like the company didn't perform well. If we looked at the earnings per share growth, very steady and constantly growing over a 10, 15, 20 year period, yet the stock traded down and flat. Now, can you even picture that? Because in this market, companies don't have earnings. They don't have any uh, anything set in stone. There's nothing proven, yet they keep going up. It's almost the exact opposite of that. But what I want to just keep you guys aware of is that that's not always going to be the case. And even if you have a stock uh, like the electric vehicle stocks, which are very promising and very exciting, like a Neo or like a Tesla, what if we saw another case like this where, hey, Maybe Tesla does meet all their goals. Maybe they start to do phenomenal, uh, phenomenally on an operation level. They're able to hit their targets. They start earning a lot of money, which is a very high probability. That's what we would expect. But the market doesn't always, depending on the market sentiment, it doesn't always perfectly reflect that. In Microsoft's case, although growing earnings per share year after year after year, the stock traded flat for 17 years. So, it's a good example, in my opinion, to really um, just to keep things realistic. You know, I heard a, a comment or somebody reached out to me, uh, I forget where, and they said, it was something that kind of blew my mind. They said, you know, why is my stock down 3% today? I didn't see any negative articles. I didn't read any negative, negative news about the company, but it was down 3% today. Stocks do not solely move off of good news and bad news. Now, sometimes they do, and recently that's really been the case, but a stock doesn't just uh, move off of news for, that's not really what's driving the companies at the end of the day. Yes, news does often reflect if it's a legitimate piece of news and that's gonna have an impact on a company's earnings or how much cash they can deliver to you, then absolutely, that should either be a positive or a negative, and that is kind of what things are factored in. Uh, that's why investors factor that into the price and why they move on a day-to-day -day basis. But you don't need a catalyst. You don't need uh, a specific article to go out and say a stock should move this way or another. If the negative, if the sentiment is negative in the stock market for whatever reason, 
people will be pulling their money out of the mar- out of the market funds will flow out of the out of equities and stocks will start being depressed a good example of this is uh, ark invest right we saw the we saw the inflows obviously uh, chasing the super exciting times when tesla was doing well and really driving up these uh, funds and then um, as as soon as the the tide turns investors kind of pull out and they they run for the hills that's a very common um, behavior that investors partake in a very good example of this exact phenomenon is dating back to when Peter Lynch ran the Fidelity Magellan Fund. This is known to be really one of the best mutual funds to date, uh, possibly one of the best ones ever in terms of performance. I forget the exact performance off the top of my head, but I think the fund averaged somewhere along the lines of 32, 35% over a uh, 50, uh, over his entire tenure of managing the fund. Yet actual investors within within the fund performed far worse. They achieved an average return of about 7%, Average return of about seven percent, and many of them actually ended up losing money because it's not so much how an investment does, but it's often how an investor behaves along the way. And when you see these drastic drops, a fifty percent drop, a forty-two percent drop in a stock, it's not easy to stomach that. And unless you are a very skilled and experienced investor, and you are very, very confident in a company and your ability to look at a certain stock and really uh, say yes or no about a company, a lot of them jump ship. A lot of them take losses. And again, this could just be the, this is just a little snapshot, a snapshot, a snapshot of what could come if we actually saw the markets turn. So I think that's just like what I wanted to talk about today. Um... Yeah, just is I don't even know what the topic of this video was, but it was something that was on my mind definitely. It's something I'm seeing more and more of and I would even go as far as saying uh, even it kind of bothers me when you see that stuff on YouTube because I don't think it's good advice. If your stocks are down 30, 40, 50%, the market's not crashing. That's just you picking crappy stocks and probably buying them at the wrong times. Um to finish off this video, I'll share with you one piece of math which I think a lot of people don't grasp when it comes to the stock market. And it can just be a little uh, a little idea as to why this strategy of constantly following the fads and constantly following the hot sectors doesn't really work out in the long run. Otherwise, we'd see a bunch of successful people do it. You look at the best investors of all times, the greatest, the history, the best that we've ever seen, they don't invest in these types of companies for the most part. Um, there's probably a pretty good reason why. But let me ask you a little question, pop quiz to end off this video. If you started investing this year, and you had a $100,000 portfolio, okay? Year one, you do phenomenally. You put your money into the market, 100 grand, and you earn a 100% rate of return. So you killed it, okay? 100% rate of return. You've effectively doubled your money. You now have $200,000 because you picked the best stocks and you ran with the Reddit picks and you followed all the exciting ones and you uh, probably look like a hot shot right now. But in year two, your portfolio drops 50%, okay? Very similar to similarly to what we're seeing in, for example, a stock like Neo. Well, it's done very, very well. Well, it's down 50%. Well, that doesn't really sound like a lot, but if you do the math on that, you can leave a comment down. Well, I'm gonna give you the answer anyways. Where are you? Are you any better off? Uh, what's your portfolio like after year two? You went up 100%, you're at 200,000, and then your portfolio lost 50% you're back where you started. It doesn't sound like a 50% drop. Is that devastating? Oh, it's 50%. I already made 100%. We'll do the math on that. Negative 50% on $200,000. 
you just lost $100,000. And even if you wanted to get technical about it, you could argue if you took, you know, your average return, right? People will say, oh, well, I've been achieving this type of return in the market, this or that. What if you took the average return over that two-year period? You got 100 in year one, negative 50 in year two. What's the math on that? I, you guys can leave a comment down below. I don't, I don't know the math on that. 100%, you take 100 and then you take negative 50 and then divide by two. I'll put it up on the screen. You could argue that, hey, that's my rate of return, right? But in reality, you have not made money over that exact period. And that, again, is obviously a hypothetical example, but it goes to show when you follow this YouTube hype stock theory and you chase these gains, you may look like an all-star up front, but it is not a sustainable strategy. And uh, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for today's video. This was another fun one. I always, I never, I always consider like whether I should post these or not. I always watch them back multiple times and I'm just like, should I post it? Should I not? You guys always seem to like them when I just speak my thoughts. Again, I don't want any trouble. I don't want any, yeah, not here for the, not here for the trouble, but I do always just want to keep it real with you guys. That's something I will always do and something I will continue to do. But if you enjoyed, take a moment and hit that thumbs up button because that is a great way of showing me that you like these videos, that you like the style of video and uh, whether you agree or not disagree, you can comment below, but yeah, still drop a thumbs up because that does help out. If you're not already subscribed to the channel, we post videos like this every single week. Mark's going to be posting more videos. So just keep an eye out. Like we're going to be posting like crazy. So make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell for notifications. That way, you know, when we make a post. And then of course we do have our investing Academy. So if you're looking for courses and training in Canada, whether you're a beginner, whether you're looking to take your investing to the next level, click that first link down below, learn all about what we have to offer. But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.